Welcome to Brand Meet Creator Podcast with me, Harley Jordan, and Sonia Elise. A place where we pull back the curtain and the trashy filters on the influencer marketing industry. So pull up a chair and grab a notebook. It's time to shed some light on the ever-changing Instaverse. Welcome back to our two-part series of content that builds trust and now what doesn't build trust. So Sonia and I are breaking down a couple things here from the assumption that every recommendation is paid to selling on Poshmark and so many things in between. <laughs> Let's jump right into it. But first, if you like it, like it. This week on If You Like It, Like It, I have actually a bizarro story for you. Um, mm -hmm. A friend of mine recently went to a intuitive doggy medium, pet medium. So you know I had to book a call for my five-month-old hanky boy. And I had that call yesterday. And the first thing that she says is, Hank is really in tune with his ancestors. He's really proud of his heritage. He's a and wolf. Is what he's, he's me. <laughs> in other words, he's a wolf. And uh -huh. he is just, he is a German shepherd dog through and through. He's really just an old soul. Like he's coming through with like an old man <laughs> voice and he's saying all of these old man like idioms. Oh my and God. <laughs> and his problem because he knows that he's an old soul. He remembers his, like, past mm -hmm. reincarnation. The problem here is that he's just experiencing his puppy body and his legs are just so wobbly and he has a really hard time getting used to them. That's my, if you like it, like it. This is not related to social media, but I found her via social media. So, I don't know. Sonia, yeah, would you not. ever go to a doggy medium for Buddy? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I guess buddy? maybe he's staring at me right now. And I think his only thoughts are like food or sleep. If you like it, like it. We are back with part two of content that builds trust, or in this case, it does not build trust. So today we're going to be breaking down all of those things that uh, are keeping your audience weary of your content. Sonia, what are some of the number one things that you see that you're just cringing in your seat about? My number one thing from one beauty person to any other beauty person who is listening <laughs> is when you take a photo or a video and you talk about how much you love a product and it's full to the brim. Girl, you've never used it. I can see you've never used it. And I know some people will fight back and be like, but I want it to look nice. I'm like, it can look nice and still be used. It doesn't have to be all gross. You can clean up the bottle. You know, it, it, there is something to be said about holding up a jar of cream and being like, I love this. And you can tell it has actually been touched. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> As someone that gets beauty products notoriously dirty... I'm triggered. <laughs> I know. Harley like always wants a fresh one to photograph, but I feel like it's I get, not relatable. I get two. Yeah. That is one thing I had somebody comment about being like, but I want to photograph the fresh one. I'm like, okay, well then in stories, you need to show the used one at least. Or like in, yeah, in the yeah, carousel, yeah. you need to show the fresh one on the front and then like it's a before and after. Like I used it all up or like, look, I'm halfway through the jar. That I can trust. I you know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about dupes because mm. you've started talking about mm. this on your Instagram 
And yep. I feel like this is a big conversation. About not being able to build trust because people are saying dupes all the time. <laughs> well, I think it's two things. It's can you then work with the brand that you are promoting Duping. the dupe for? Mm-hmm. Right. And what does this also say about the price point to which your audience buys versus what they're not willing to buy? Because we've talked about this before where, you know, if you're not used to recommending luxury goods, then you might not be a good fit for a pair of shoes that's $300. Sure. So I think when you're approaching doing content around a dupe, you do have to be careful because it does break down trust with one of the brands that you're using for sure. And most likely mm-hmm. it's the most expensive brand. So if you are really the type of person mm-hmm. who wants to be pairing with luxury brands, you don't want to be creating content around dupes because it breaks down their trust in you that you're just going to be taking their money to recommend a product one day and then finding a quote mm-hmm. unquote dupe to it and recommending that to your followers mm-hmm. the next day. Exactly. And I mean, that's, it goes especially for the luxury market, but it could really be for anything that's even like mid range. Mm-hmm. Two is like calling something a dupe when you don't really know for sure. I mean, I think that saying that something is a dupe means that you like read the ingredients, you did a wear test. It's not just that you yeah. like swipe them side by side and they're the same color. Same color is not a dupe. <laughs> <laughs> the same color is not yeah. a dupe or the same like look is not a dupe. So let's take it to other things besides beauty, right? Like fashion, um, home goods. Like there's so many other things where there mm-hmm. are dupes created out of Ikea goods. There are dupes created mm-hmm. from Zara or Target, right? They look similar to the high-end version and just on the hanger or just by putting it on in your try-on, of course, you're saying like, this is a dupe. But is it really like you're not creating trust mm-hmm. there, like creating trust is saying like, this looks similar, but the fabric is not as nice. The tailoring is not as nice. The, right. you know, as I wore it throughout the day, it wrinkled a lot or whatever the other issues are. And like the honesty around like, you can buy this other thing and it is less expensive, but these are the negatives that come along with spending less money that creates trust instead of breaking it for sure. This is just, I mean, the price point is such a big one in this industry. Um, I was just talking to, I was just talking to an influencer who we signed for like a multiple month deal um, Mm -hmm. with a company that is a little bit, it's not going to be found at your grocery store. It is more expensive. It is for your person that is interested in a more luxury thing. And I was like, okay, this person's great, but I don't think we can go to any of our other people on our roster because mm. it's just not going to be something that their audience would be used to seeing. If sure. they all of a sudden throw in this thing that costs a ton of money, it's going to feel like, oh, you just wanted that for free or, oh, mm. they came to you. So yeah, you said yes, but would you ever buy that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that does not build trust with people when you're not honest about like the budgets that you're working with or Mm -hmm. that. I mean, I think a way to flip that is to be is in the content to admit that this is like a one time splurge 
or like I wouldn't normally mm. purchase something, but I found that the quality on this was so much better. I found that the mm. experience was so much better, whatever else that like yeah. it was worth it for me because there are plenty of people who don't have, you know, dispendable income that are on the same level as others, but it doesn't mean they never splurge. It doesn't mean right. they don't ever buy something that's nicer. They can be convinced to buy something that's nicer. And if you're telling them why those, those bullet points, like, well, this is handcrafted. This is made locally. Right. This is sustainable. This is recyclable. Mm. Like whatever the reasons are that make it more expensive, if that triggers them to be like, oh, like that is what I prefer, then they might go ahead and buy that. And that's flipping it from being like distrustful from just saying like, oh, I bought this thing. It's great. I love it. And then they go and they look and they're like, okay, it's $2,000. Like what the hell yeah. <laughs> to, hey, like I saved up. This was a splurge or it was gifted to me. I would buy it though because X, Y, and Z, then like, okay, now we're being, now we're having an honest conversation around like budgets and money. I mean, what do you even think about high ticket influencer marketing like that? Is that, is that even the place for it? For your items that are $2,000, a new car, a new something, like, is it just worth it in the long run for the brand awareness or is that not the market? No, I think it's worth it in the long run for brand awareness and just for generating content because we know how expensive it is to do a photo shoot around anything. So it's like I've worked with clients that sell diamonds before. Um, I have a friend who's an ambassador for Mercedes for a year. Like they are, they of course are working with people who promote other types of luxury goods, but I think they know like no one's going to buy a car because an influencer has it. What's interesting though is that it might take you in for a test drive if you see an influencer on a road trip with that car talking about all the features and it like aligns mm. with the features that you're looking for, then you might be like, Oh, like maybe I should go ahead and like test that. That happened to me with like the Atlas. Another one of my mm-hmm. friends got the Atlas as an influencer and she and her husband were doing road trips with it as like part of their contract. And my boyfriend wanted the Atlas. And so I ended up messaging her being like, is this really worth it? And she gave me like the pros and cons, like really flat out. So it did like generate a conversation and interest and like gave me some like, should we go test drive this vehicle or not? I love a pros and cons list in the DMs. Like I think that's the best way to sell to, I mean, any audience, but like a female audience in general is Mm -hmm. leading with, Hey, here's, here's literally all of my word vomit about it. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. I think I don't think it builds trust if you never, because we're talking about not breaking trust essentially, but I think it breaks trust or it creates like a weariness. If I'm always looking at your content and it's only positive things. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm not saying like only positive things, like only positive feelings, like I'm happy all the time, but like every product is the best product. You mm-hmm. love everything you've ever been given. Like nothing is ever the wrong fit, the wrong shade, the mm-hmm. wrong fit. Like it's always fantastic. And there's always a link to buy it. Like that is a problem for me. Right. Go back to our last episode. If you if you have not heard it, that link <laughs> to buy it, I think is just so huge. Here's, here's another one. Yeah. Here's another one that I noticed. Selling mm-hmm. the item on Poshmark after. I feel weird Ooh, about this one. That does break trust. I that's I feel like a weird direct one with one. the brand too. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've definitely worked with brands before who flagged to us that we gifted something and it ended up on Poshmark and it's something that's like brand new. Like nobody, nobody who yeah. purchased it would have had it on Poshmark that fast. So it had to be from our gifting. And mm-hmm. I'd be like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. This is like so uncomfortable. <laughs> it makes me really uncomfortable too. And it's, it's mm-hmm. for two reasons is one, the inherent like consumerism behind it of like, okay, I'm just going to get everything and then I can just resell it. If I have a ton of gifted stuff all the time, mm-hmm. I will have content and that's my job and blah, blah, blah. And everything is a sell. Everything is a freaking sell. And then there's also the point and you would, ne- because you would never buy like that as a normal consumer. Sure. You wait sure. for things. You don't buy, you don't do that. Just because you're an influencer Mm -hmm. doesn't mean your buying habits change. And then there's the point of, okay, you clearly just wore it once for your post. You wore Mm -hmm. it for content, said you liked it, and then it didn't make the cut. Yeah, I think it's interesting because on the one hand of things, I completely agree with you. Like if you were gifted it, why wouldn't you like gift it to somebody else or like donate it to the Goodwill where there's like really people in need who like need Mm -hmm. these items. Um, It didn't cost you anything to take it. So I feel like you should go ahead and like let go of it freely as well. Or you didn't get paid for it and you're trying to actually make an income. Exactly. All negative. negative. Yeah, all negative on that side. But on the other side, I can understand like if you're an in micro influencer or just like more emerging and you are getting some paid campaigns, but not that many, but you're getting a lot of gifting and you like really want to make that jump to full time influencing, you might be using it to supplement what you're not getting paid for. So I I get that as like a business move because like you worked really hard to build your following Mm -hmm. and you don't necessarily just get paid for everything and you are getting gifted and you kind of like, you need that couple hundred bucks every month to like cover the groceries to like make this leap. And you can't have, you don't want to be a walking billboard. So yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's sort of like, it's a hustle at that point. Right. Cause there's also a lot of people you could say that like go to places like Goodwill, they buy Mm -hmm. designer stuff for Mm -hmm. dirt cheap and then they put it on their Poshmark styled really cute and they mark Mm -hmm. it way up. That's also a hustle. Like, you know, it's, uh, it's hard because like the entrepreneur in me understands, but like also like the the brand brand side is like, like, that really is messed up. Yeah. That's really messed up. Especially if it's something expensive and like rare, that's Mm -hmm. really hard. If it's something that's coming from like Shein or whatever one of these like poly poshmark places like fine like it's it's gonna it came from a landfill and thus it ends up in the landfill but yeah what about this walking billboard thing i i think this is another big one about the back-to-back ad ads Sure. I think if you're doing too many ads, you should definitely set a standard for yourself as to like what percentage of your total content every month is going to be allowed. I don't know. It's different for everybody. But I do think that if you're getting like over 50% of the content is sponsored, to me personally, as a consumer, that's getting to be a lot. I'm feeling a a break of trust there. It's more than 50% of your content is sponsored. I I would even go as far as to say that one any more than one reel per week, any more than maybe two story sets per week. I would look at it as a month aggregate, but because sure. like, you never know like where your partnerships are going to land exactly, right? Like right. everybody Some might want dates. something on a similar day. Whew, exactly. We had 
we had a hell of a week for an uh, influencer and in all influence management the other mm. day. They had they had a brand come through and say, hey, actually, can you move this uh, up? Because we are changing, blah, blah, blah. And so mm. they ended up having, uh, I think, two posts back to back. And then I think they had another two to three story story sets within the week too mm -hmm. and we were just like oh this sucks I'm so sorry this is not yeah. a good thing for your audience and there's nothing we can do because the dates aligned the way they did yeah I mean I definitely think being sensitive of like back to back in the same like 24 hour span do the best that you can because that is, those are the times that your audience is going to mm -hmm. be like oh like wow this <laughs> is like a lot yeah. of sponsored content and you also like want that full story to run out before you start promoting another story right so right um I agree like be careful when it comes week to week but like overall I would look at it as like an overarching like if you could get one sponsorship per week I think that's doing well. I mean, it, of course, it depends on like how many followers you have, but I think four partnerships a month, like that's a lot of work. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that is really a red flag for me and I think breaks trust between me and an influencer is when I see that they do an ad that is so far outside of their niche and their typical topic matter that I'm like, clearly this brand just wanted to pay you a lot and you couldn't say no. <laughs> like if it's something like a fashion girl who does like, uh, I don't even know what, something so strange or like, you have to give me an example. Right <laughs> I know. Um, okay. So once I have been seeing that I know people do because they have, they get paid a lot of money is like when fashion people promote a Netflix show or a new movie, it's like not my favorite type of sponsored content. I'm like, I, I think get there's why a way you're to doing do it, it, but I think that there's a way to do it. And I think it's like dressing like whatever, like outfits that I would wear to blah blah blah. Yeah. I, I think it's there how is you a way incorporate to do it. it. I, I and I think poorly done content, less creative content mm -hmm. where you don't make that mm -hmm. make that adjacent connection is definitely mm -hmm. something that's that's that doesn't build trust yeah I mean you're right you can still be really thoughtful about it I just feel like at this point there's so many other influencers like if the movie is about fashion like I remember a long time ago if you remember the Carrie Bradshaw Diaries which was like mm -hmm. such a cute little show so cute that and I think Pretty Little Liars both of those had a real moment where they were doing sponsored content to get people to watch mm -hmm. and it was falling a lot on fashion girlies but I felt like it made sense because the essence of the show had right. a lot of fashion and stuff so it's sort of like it it made sense to me but like yeah. with things like new movies and it's like spider-man season or whatever right. else and then like you're sending all these fashion people there i'm just like i don't really right. get it i mean i guess zendaya's in it but still <laughs> i don't <laughs> yeah, understand go watch this uh there was a creator that i there's a creator that i follow who is like picture inspo and she had a, or photo inspo, she had a ad, uh, a partnership with some kind of vodka company. And I remember her getting a like bike that had their logo on it, on it and doing these, wow. yeah, doing these, these pictures. And as much as I'm like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like everyone goes and buys vodka at some point in time 
it was it was sure. such a jump for me. Yeah. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Yeah. I feel like alcohol is that weird area where it's like, okay, any type of an account could kind of mm-hmm. promote alcohol unless like you've distinctly say that. You right. Like unless you're literally alcohol, sober. But, <laughs> <laughs> correct. <laughs> then I'd be like, that's really interesting. But at that point, I feel like when it comes to casting, what's happening is that like the alcohol brand wants to emulate what the, the end consumer looks like. So it's not necessarily mm. always about the interests or the other type of content, but it's literally like their age, their style, like right. whatever else. Because I know that alcohol and fashion have historically gone together quite deep and Mm -hmm. it has you know it would make more sense to have like people in the food space people like at this point there's people who like do specialize in just like talking about spirits and cocktails and and all of that yeah cocktails cocktail exactly exactly um i feel like it almost goes better with the home space to be honest for sure entertaining yeah absolutely yeah entertaining and chefies that i totally get but I understand, I, like, I don't love it, but I understand why they reach for the fashion people because they want the aesthetic to look a certain way. You know, you're serving it at a nightclub, maybe like a nightclub. What am I, 50? Um, <laughs> a, a bar. <laughs> you know, like where the kids go and they want where the, the imagery. They want the imagery to like match that. So I get it. I get it. Um, but I think that these were a lot of like really interesting and insightful things that people should be thinking about and like look back in their own content and like have I done this how could I have avoided it like what can I do in the yeah give me your takeaways what, what but, is I mean, the full takeaway the full takeaway is go back and listen to the previous episode where <laughs> we talk about how to build trust and only focus on those because there's nothing that you can do if you've done some of the things that we've talked about now to uh, that we think break trust, there's not much else that you can do at this point, right? You did it. But moving forward, really focusing on building the trust is the key. It's not about like, yeah. oh, I broke it. And like, now I'm like a bad creator or influencer. Like you're not like, these are all common practices that have happened. Oh, that, so like, Carly and I are just like raising that red flag too. And you may have never even thought like, oh, that is breaking trust. Like that's kind of bad of me so just really go back and listen to the last episode and focus on how to build that trust again what's yours yes I for me it's the adjacent topics it's really Mm. bringing in your sponsored content to your niche and seeing how you can make it that you know play on your niche instead of Mm -hmm. here's something completely off of what I normally talk about but I'm getting paid And I think if you're doing that and you're focusing on being a little bit more creative with your work, your audience is going to appreciate it just for the creative, you know, capacity that you're bringing to the table and the entertainment value. Yep. I love that. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us um, for this two-part episode. If you have any other ones. We cannot wait to hear. Yeah. Let's dive in. (laughs) Bring it to our DMs. We want to hear it. (laughs) Talk to you soon.